Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and you're listening to the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast, a place for practical advice for women looking to balance their hormones, ditch dieting, and discover mindset shifts that will keep you motivated and empowered on your healthy eating journey. Are you ready to get started? Well, hey there, everyone. Good morning. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a wonderful week. It's Thursday, and I'm going live today to talk about a topic I'm really passionate about. Very excited to be here to discuss PCOS weight loss. This is for sure the number one thing people ask me about. How do I lose weight with PCOS? Why can't I lose weight? What do I need to do to shed those pounds? Why do I eat healthy and still continue to put on weight? And we're going to talk all about it because I've been helping women with PCOS lose weight, reverse insulin resistance, reverse inflammation, manage their symptoms, all of that great stuff in a natural way without using medications, without taking birth control pill, although if you need to use medications, that is totally fine. But what my specialty is, is helping women do it naturally. So if you're new around here, we've had a lot of people join the group in the past couple of weeks. My name is Daphna Chazen. I'm a registered dietitian, and I specialize in women's health and hormones, specifically in PCOS. So as I said, over the past decade, I've helped a lot of women with PCOS find what works for their body, a nutrition plan that is sustainable, that doesn't punish their body, that works kind of with them. And it's been great. And I have a few different programs where I really dive deep into helping women, either privately or in a group setting. And I'll mention a little bit more about this at the end. But if you're here live, which I see some of you are, jump into the comments. Uh, You need to allow StreamYard to view your name so I can see who's commenting, but please click that link so I can see your comments, your questions, and we can have a discussion today, okay? I have a lot of information to cover. I have a lot of information to share with you today. I did prepare some notes because I didn't want to forget anything, but before we get started, jump into the comments, say hi, tell me when you're where you're tuning in from today. And I want to, want to also know what has been the biggest struggle when it comes to weight loss for you. What are some of the things that you cannot get you know, past? What are some of the obstacles or challenges that have really kept holding you back? from getting to a healthy weight and managing your symptoms, okay? Let's talk before we dive into the principles that I teach my clients when it comes to weight loss. I wanna talk a little bit about why is it so challenging to lose weight with PCOS? What is it is it that makes PCOS a condition that creates weight gain, that prevents women from losing weight like everybody else, right? Like women who don't have the condition. There are a few things. The first thing that we know is of course the hormonal imbalances. So women with PCOS do usually in the vast majority of cases struggle with insulin resistance, which means that the body is not responding to insulin and sugar is not getting into your cells. So I've done a lot of podcast episodes and lives here in the group about this. There's a lot of information about insulin resistance on my feed, both in um, Instagram and Facebook. So I don't want to get too much into what insulin resistance is, but I do want to let you know that when you are insulin resistant and 90% of women with PCOS are, your body essentially thinks you're starving all the time. So if you're constantly hungry, if you have a lot of cravings for carbohydrates and sugar, 
it's because of insulin. Okay. So, and also when you have insulin resistance, because the body thinks it's starving, it's constantly going to preserve your energy, which means it's not burning that many calories. So every calorie that you eat gets stored as fat. And this is over time why weight accumulates. The other hormonal imbalance that happens is usually high cortisol levels. So cortisol is a stress hormone. And when someone has high cortisol levels, the body thinks there's imminent danger, right? There's imminent danger. There's going to be some type of stressor in our environment, even though there's usually not. It's just that the cortisol levels are going high for various different reasons. And when the body thinks it's being threatened, what is it going to do? It's going to hold on to fat because fat is insulation. And fat is going to help us preserve life and conserve energy. Fat is a very available source of energy in the body. So this goes a little bit into biology, but I do want you, it's really important to me. And I know for a lot of my clients, to understand why things are happening. And when we have high insulin levels, when we have high cortisol levels, it makes sense, although it sucks, but it makes sense that the body will hold on to weight and continue to put weight on. So hormonal imbalances are the first reason why um, women with PCOS put on weight so easily and have a hard time losing it. The other thing that we know is that women with PCOS have slower met metabolic rate. So metabolism is slower, which means you're not burning as many calories throughout your day, which essentially means that you're, you're not creating a deficit as easily in your calories as someone who doesn't have the condition. This can be fixed, and I'm going to talk about this. The third reason why weight gain is so easy for women with PCOS, and I wish it weren't, but it really is, is that there are hormone, hormonal imbalances with your hunger hormones, okay? So there are two hormones that signal when we're hungry and when we're full. They're called ghrelin and leptin. And in women with PCOS, what we know is that the hormone ghrelin, which signals when we're hungry, is constantly low, okay? Which means essentially that even after you eat, um, I'm sorry, it's constantly high. So even after you eat, you're still hungry. You're not satisfied. Your brain didn't get the message that food was consumed. And that means you're not feeling that threshold for satiety, that level of fullness. The other hormones that could be low is leptin. So leptin is the one that's low. That's the hormone that signals fullness. And that essentially means that I could eat a large meal. And if my leptin is low and my ghrelin is high, I'm still hungry and I need to eat more. And it's almost like I can't be satiated. I can't feel satisfied. I want to know if anyone here is experiencing this. So let me know in the comments if you ever feel hungry even after a meal, if you feel hungry soon after a meal, if an amount of food that looks, you know, satisfying doesn't satisfy you and you feel like you constantly need to be consuming more. Let me know if in the comments if that is you. I want you to also know that even though we're talking about weight loss today, Weight loss is not something that can cure PCOS. Weight loss is something that can help reduce your symptoms. It can definitely help reduce your disease risk, right? So when someone carries excess weight, we can't ignore the fact that they're at a higher risk for things like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, um, joint pain, a lot of inflammation. So that's, that's there. We cannot ignore that. But with that being said, just weight loss will not fix your hormones. 
And anyone here who's gone keto or has gone, you know, something very strict or calorie reduced, you know, it probably did a number on your hormones. It didn't really help. Okay. So the type of weight loss that you want to pursue with PCOS is very specific. It's got to follow a very proven path, which is what I'll teach you today. And it also has to not be focused on restriction because oftentimes, certainly not restriction of carbohydrates, that will mess up your hormones even further. Okay. I'm going to jump into the comments. Okay. So a lot of you are saying yes all the time. Audrey, you're saying you're hungry all the time. You're hungry soon after a meal. Um, Ariana says yes, soon, about an hour after a meal. Yes, a lot of you are saying that's me, hungry after eating. Sounds familiar. Um, Jennifer says not quite hungry, but a lot of cravings. Yes, that's definitely common. Uh, Kristen says yes, for sure. I want something after a meal often. It happens all the time. Okay, so having this experience is a sign that something is still off with your hormones. And I have people come to me and tell me all the time, I eat healthy. My food is good. I eat a high quality diet, but still they're not eating the right combination of foods. They're not eating foods in the right ratios and they feel hungry. They feel cravy and they're just not satisfied. And that over time can impair your weight loss. Okay. So the diet quality could be super high, but it's still not working. All right, so we talked about what causes weight gain briefly. I want you to know PCOS weight loss will not fix your hormones unless you're doing it the right way. So it's very important to remember. And I also want you to remember that weight gain did not cause your PCOS. This is another misconception. And you may have had healthcare professionals or doctors, hopefully not, but maybe you did have a doctor telling you that if you just lose weight, your PCOS will go away. Or if you didn't gain so much weight, you wouldn't have PCOS. That is not true. That is not true. Okay. PCOS weight gain does not cause PCOS. Okay. PCOS is a genetic autoimmune condition and it's not something that you have caused. So this is very important to remember. Okay. So shall we get into the five principles that I teach clients when they want to lose weight? Should we do it? Let me know. We're going to get right into it. And again, these steps, I put them in order for you. So it's not only what you need to do, it's how you need to do it as well. These are in the right order. So you can, after today, I want you to take some action. I want you to be able to go out and do some of these things and see how they're working for you. Those of you who have been on my masterclass about reversing insulin resistance, I've gotten a lot of comments that that was um, in February we've talked about carb tolerance we talked about how to reverse insulin resistance and a lot of you have been able to go out and take some action and see some results so this is going to add to that and i'm really curious to see what kind of results you get so let's get started okay all right the first thing that i want you to do is to ensure that the balance of protein and fiber on your plate is correct this is really important because the first thing that we need to address is the imbalance of hormones okay like we talked about insulin and cortisol specifically, we need to address those two guys because they're causing all the problems. So we want to first reduce insulin resistance and we want to reduce cortisol levels, not too low, but just right. And the way that we do it is by ensuring that you're eating the right combination of foods 
and that you're focusing on eating based on your carb tolerance. I've talked a lot about car carb tolerance here and on my podcast, but let me just recap a little bit. Carb tolerance, your unique carb tolerance is the amount of carbohydrates that you need to be eating in every single meal in order to feel satisfied. So you're not going to be craving and hangry in order to lower insulin. So you're not shooting a lot of insulin into your bloodstream. Your pancreas is not constantly shooting out insulin after meals. We don't want that because that's what causes further insulin resistance. When insulin builds in your bloodstream, this is what's driving a lot of your symptoms. Testosterone is a result of high insulin. So if you have facial hair, hair loss, hair growth in places where it shouldn't grow, acne, um, mood swings, anxiety, and all of those things are related to high testosterone levels, which really starts with high insulin. So we have to address insulin. And the way that we do it is by focusing on two things, your carbs, specifically finding your carb tolerance, and then making sure that you're adding a lot of fiber with the carbs that you are choosing. So say that you've identified that you could be eating 30 or 45 grams of carbohydrates in your meal. I want those 45 grams of carbs to be packed with fiber. The goal for the whole day generally is somewhere between 30 to 40 grams, which is high. That's not an easy target to get to if you're not intentionally trying, but I want you to try. Now, you don't want to eat 30 grams in one meal. That's a recipe for digestive issues. So definitely don't do, don't do that. But you want to spread it evenly across your meals in your day. So if you aim for seven to 10 grams of fiber in each one of your meals, you should be golden. You should be really good to go. Now let's talk about protein because this is a common mistake that I see women adding too much protein and it's overkill. It actually causes further insulin secretion. So insulin is not only released in response to carbs, it's also being released in response to too much protein. So let me know in the comments if you've heard protein, 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 focus on that, add more, you're not eating enough protein, you can actually be overdoing it. So there's a sweet spot for protein that you need to include in every meal. And if you're eating, say, a salad that has chicken and chickpeas and eggs, that's overkill. That's three sources of protein. You're not doubling up, you're tripling up, and that's probably not doing any good to your insulin levels, okay? So you need to find that sweet spot of adding just the right amount of fiber with your carb tolerance, okay? That's both of those things go together, and then your protein. This combination, these pairings are going to help balance your insulin levels. Now, one of the mistakes, another mistake that women make is they're not pairing carbohydrates properly. So every time you eat something, so if you're eating an English muffin with cream cheese for breakfast, you're not pairing that carbohydrates. It's fine to have, but you're not pairing it properly. There's not enough protein in that cream cheese to be a good balance. So we have to, or sometimes people will eat oatmeal with fruit, that's not a good combination for PCOS. That's too carby, not enough protein. So we have to dial in the combination of protein and fiber in each one of your meals using the numbers that I just listed, okay? Let me know in the comments if this makes sense. Let me just jump in here for a second. Yes, Jennifer, you're saying multiple doctors said to eliminate carbohydrates. Oh, an endocrinologist and cardiologist. Okay, yeah, definitely not the best advice. Um, oh, good. <laughs> Kristen says, yes, she was told to eat close to 200 grams of protein a day. 
definitely don't do that. That can burden the kidneys. That will definitely worsen insulin resistance. And also you would be consuming way too many calories. We have to remember protein has calories. So if you're over consuming on protein, you're going to be exceeding your calorie needs and that's not going to contribute to healthy weight loss. Okay. Yeah. Let's recap Ariana. So I want you to try to identify your carb tolerance. I did a podcast episode on this. I want you to go listen to it. My podcast is down to earth PCOS nutrition. I talked all about this. So I don't want to get into how to identify your carb tolerance, but let's say, yes, you start with 30 grams of carbohydrates in each one of your meals. You make sure that each one of those servings of carbs is high fiber. Okay. So at least seven to 10 grams of fiber per meal and somewhere between 25 to 30 grams of protein, which would be a separate food from the carbs. Okay. All right. Um, Yes. So high protein, low carb is a very common recommendation. You want to be very careful with that. Low carbohydrates diet also um, mess up your thyroid. So your thyroid hormone is produced with the help of carbohydrates. So going low carb is very risky for your hormones. Okay. It can increase cortisol. It can definitely increase your thyroid um, your TSH, which means your thyroid is slowing down, which we do not want. So you have to be very careful with things like keto and even very low carbohydrate diets that are not called keto, but are kind of like keto are not going to be good for PCOS. All right, let's move on. Um, so we're good with number one, right? Give me a thumbs up if we're good with this. You, This is something you should be able to get started with right away. Okay, let's move on to number two. We still need to create a calorie deficit in your day in order to lose weight. Now, we don't want to bring the calories too low. This is a very common mistake. We don't want to go to 1,200 calories and 1,000 calories and 800 calories and continue to lower the bar before we did step number one. Because remember, if we didn't balance our insulin, even if I'm eating 500 calories per day, all of those 500 calories are going to be stored as fat. So I'm not doing my body any favors if I'm just starting with cutting calories. That's not the right order to do things in. First, we work on balance, quality of food, and pairing. Then we move into a calorie deficit. So I have a lot of clients where we work on the quality of the food, we dial that in, and then their weight is still staying the same. Then we move into looking at calorie deficit. Where can we shave off to 300 calories in your day so that you can start seeing the scale move down. And it's probably easier than you think. And I'll give you an example. I have a client who did a shake every morning. So she did a protein shake every morning. And in the shake, she would use protein powder, fruit, almond milk. Great. And then she would put a tablespoon of peanut butter and a tablespoon of chia seeds and then a tablespoon or two of oats, okay, to make it thick. Those three things, peanut butter, chia seeds, and oats alone are probably contributing about three or 400 calories, and you don't need all of them. So in this situation, I'm going to say, okay, Carrie, you choose one, right? She, she was doing all of these things, and let's focus on that. So you do the fruit, you do the whey protein powder or another type of protein powder. I like egg white protein powder your unsweetened almond or cashew milk, and then pick one type of fat. We don't need the oatmeal. We already have carbohydrates in this shake from the fruit. 
So in my program, and when you work with me, I, I know this is a lot of information. I help you simplify all of this. I walk you step by step how to implement this into your own day with the foods that you love. I'm not going to hand you a meal plan and say, okay, go ahead and follow this. If it has all the foods that you don't enjoy, it doesn't fit your lifestyle and you can't keep up with it. So I walk you step by step on how to implement this into your own life in an enjoyable way without restriction. So this is one example, cutting out the oats, cutting out the peanut butter or the flax or the chia or whatever it may be, is a way to cut back on two, two to 300 calories. Just this change can create weight loss, believe it or not. And there are a lot of different examples of how you don't have to overhaul your entire day to find two or 300 calories to shave off and start losing weight. And wouldn't it be great if you can continue to eat the foods that you love, feel satisfied, not feel restricted and deprived, not feel like you're punishing your body and everyone else is eating the foods that they enjoy, but you're like the thin, angry person in the room who's like, oh, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Right. We don't want to be that person. You can still continue to eat the foods that you love and still see the weight loss. This is how you do it, okay? So you start with step number one, you go to step number two, the calorie deficit. Tracking is really helpful here. I wanna know if anyone here is tracking their food and what are you using? Are you using my fitness pal? Do you use pen and paper? Have you ever tracked your food? Because this is a great exploratory um, exercise. When you start tracking your food, you start seeing where are you eating maybe too many calories and you can easily either swap it for a lower calorie alternative or adjust the portion, like I just said. So you can omit certain things or reduce the portion of other things and quickly you'll see, okay, we're shaving 100 here, 100 here, 100 there. Before you know it, you've cut back on three or 400 calories in your day and now you're losing a pound or two per week. Okay, all right, let's see. Okay, you're using Lose It. Yeah, my favorite tracks for um, apps for tracking are either Lose It or My Fitness Pal. They're both great. They're both free. You don't need the paid version. And this is a great thing to do. If you've never tracked before, I want you to start because you can definitely, it's very eye-opening. You can start seeing patterns. You can start seeing foods that you're eating that maybe you need to adjust the portion. And then once you start cutting back, boom, weight loss happens. Okay. Okay, good. You're tracking macros. Okay, good. Carol, you're tracking on Fitbit. Okay, great. All right, so that's step number two. I just want to look at my notes, make sure. Okay, the other part of calorie deficit, and this is really important, so pay attention here, is volume metrics. A lot of times when people cut back on calories or if they're starting to eat healthier and they're kind of starting to notice that they're eating bigger portions or foods that are not serving them and they want to swap them, they get hungry and they can stick with it. So the number one reason people report falling off their healthy eating plan is hunger. They're too hungry. And we already established that women with PCOS have an elevated hunger sensation to begin with. So what do we do about this? We follow a, an approach that's called volume metrics, which essentially means that you're eating bigger volume of foods that are low in calorie. So that could be vegetables, that could be broth-based soups, that could be cooked vegetables, that could be high-protein foods like shrimp cocktail, and we're maximizing the volume. And I teach my clients how to do this in a really fun and smart way, and that helps them eat more but not add too many calories. In fact, they're able to cut back on calories, and I have clients telling me, I'm eating too much food, I can't eat anymore, I can't even finish the food for the day, I'm too full. 
Okay. So that's the point where you want to get to. That's what you want. You want to feel full. So you don't fall off your eating habits and your healthy plan because you're too hungry. And you're like, I got to eat something. I can't even make it through the day. That's no good. And you want to make sure that the volume and amounts are high. That way you're going to be able to feel satiety after your meals and not within an hour need something else. So cutting back, you know, creating a calorie deficit, adjusting your calories goes hand in hand with volume metrics. It's extremely important. Okay. All right. We're moving right along here. Okay. Let me know in the comments if you have any questions about anything I said so far. Okay, next thing we want to do, and this is step number three. So we've adjusted the portion, the um, pairings, the combinations. We worked on the hormone balance. We looked at calorie deficit and how we can create that. The next thing you're going to want to do, and by the way, sometimes those two steps are enough. That's, that's the only thing you needed. Once you start doing that, you start seeing weight loss. You're happy. I'm happy. And that's it. You don't need to really go further. If you wanted to optimize things, if you wanted to do even better, or if your weight is not going down at a pace that you like, we can start looking at circadian synced meal timing and spacing. Okay. So what does this mean? This means that you're following your body's natural rhythm of awake and sleep cycles with your meals. Okay. Now stay with me here because this gets a little bit complicated. Basically, the, our body is most metabolically active in the morning when it's light outside. So in the morning and afternoon up until the evening hours. This is when insulin sensitivity is high. This is where we're burning the most calories. We're metabolically efficient during that time, which means we're going to burn those calories that we eat from food for energy and none of it is going to get stored as fat, which is what we want. The problem is and the common mistake that people make and this is how our society is set up, is that we eat in opposition to this circadian rhythm, to this sleep and awake cycle. We eat our biggest meal at night and sometimes the smallest meal or even no meal at all in the morning. So anyone here who's eating um, a very large dinner and some snacks at night, you're probably not optimizing. You're not taking advantage of your body's highest peak metabolic activity, which is during the day. Let me know if you are someone who find, who tried this, who tried to, you know, eat a bigger lunch or a bigger breakfast and a smaller dinner and that worked for you because essentially this is what this would mean. It would mean that you're swapping, maybe not every day, but sometimes during your week, you're eating a larger breakfast, a larger lunch, and a smaller dinner, and you end your eating window on a, an earlier side, ideally within a 10 to 12 hour period from when you started. Meaning if you ate breakfast at 8 a.m., you'd be done with dinner around 6, 7 p.m., and that would be the last thing you eat for the day. This is going to help your body burn those calories more efficiently during the night because if we're constantly in a fed state, if I eat breakfast at 8 a.m. and then I eat a you know, dinner late and a snack before bed and maybe something when I'm watching TV at 10 or 11 at night, you're constantly fed. Your body, body doesn't have the time or the opportunity to burn off those calories. And we know from studies that when we take two people who eat the exact same amount of food and calories and types of food, but one person is eating most of that food later in the day, whereas the other person eats most of it earlier in the day, 
The person who starts earlier and ends earlier is slimmer, okay? So their weight doesn't go up as high, their blood sugar control is better, their cholesterol is lower, and overall on a metabolic level, they're healthier. Okay, so there is, the timing does matter. It does make a difference. And what I want you to try doing is really taking advantage of the morning hours to eat a high protein breakfast, a high fiber breakfast like we had talked about, make lunch your main meal, maybe two or three times per week, and then dinner would be smaller. So it could be a salad with a little bit of protein. It could be a small sandwich. Um, it could be something like, you know, eggs, something like that, or yogurt and fruit, and try to see how that feels, okay? So we don't wanna get too hungry. We don't wanna be starving throughout this process. But again, this is something that you can implement and try on for size, see how it fits your lifestyle. Maybe on the weekend when it's easier, when you're not as busy, that may be something that you want to try because I can guarantee you this is going to help with weight loss, specifically for PCOS where insulin sensitivity is crucial for weight management. Okay. Let me know in the comments if this makes sense. Give me a thumbs up or a yes, or tell me if it makes sense. Okay. The other thing that I teach clients to do, and it's been working really well, is to taper off the carbohydrates throughout the day. So maybe you want to start off with eating, you know, cereal or oatmeal or bread, and you have some sweet potato or a regular potato or some even pasta with your lunch. And then for dinner, you're tapering off the amount of carbohydrates, you're eating just a lean and green meal. So that could be chicken with veggies, that could be shrimp and stir fry, that could be fish and salad or something like that where that meal does not contain carbohydrates. So that's another way of working with your circadian rhythms. And that is very beneficial for weight loss. Okay, great. What do you recommend for those that have what feels like blood sugar drops? Yeah, so you definitely wanna keep an eye on that. Um, you're probably not eating either enough carbohydrates in your meals. Um, or you're not pairing them properly. Because usually when blood sugar drops after a meal, it means there was a peak and a valley. It rose and then it dropped very quickly afterwards because there was nothing to slow down the absorption of the sugar from your carbohydrates in the meal. So you either didn't eat enough carbs, you're maybe going a little too low carb, or you ate enough carbs, but you didn't pair them properly. You didn't have enough protein or fat in that meal and your blood sugar essentially kind of did a little roller coaster ride there. I try to do this, but often wake up hungry in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah, so you can definitely add a protein-based snack before you go to bed. So that could be Greek yogurt, that could be cottage cheese, that could be um, even something like a protein shake, okay? So try that, Jennifer. Try to take a protein, a high protein snack, it could be a protein bar, um, right before bed and see if that helps. It could also be an ounce of nuts or a little bit of uh, soybeans like edamame, something like that that has uh, protein in it would be really good. Okay, moving right along here. So we talked about pairing, we talked about calorie deficit, we talked about circadian rhythms. Let's talk a little bit on what's happening up here, the mindset, okay? Staying consistent is the best thing that you can do for weight loss. Weight loss with PCOS, when it comes to balancing hormones and seeing those results, takes time. It takes months, okay? The minimum amount of time that I always tell clients to stick with a plan is at least three to four months, okay? You're likely not going to see tremendous results 
much sooner than that because it does take time for your body to start leveling off in terms of the hormones and for the weight to start dropping. The one mistake that people make and most women would make is they don't hang around long enough. They're out. If I'm not losing weight in the next four to six weeks, max, I'm checking out, right? We all are impatient and we want to see those results. And it can be very frustrating when the results are not coming. But if you stay consistent with it and you play the long game, you are going to see results. I have never worked with anyone who could not lose weight if they stuck with it long enough and, of course, implemented all the concepts that I teach, okay? So I want you to know that your body is capable of losing weight. No matter how severe your PCOS is, no matter what your health picture looks like right now, your body is 1,000% capable of losing weight. And you don't want to forget this because that will bring you a lot of frustration and heartache that you don't need. It's not propelling you forward. So I do want you to know that you're capable of losing weight. you got to stick with it long enough, at least three to four months, ideally six months before you decide if it's working or not. And I also want you to think about the fact that you're going to zoom out. You're not going to look at, you know, first of all, I hope no one here is weighing themselves daily. Um, I want to know if you're weighing yourself daily. Let me know in the comments. I don't recommend daily weigh-in. When you're weighing daily, you're so focused on what's happening today that you lose sight of the bigger picture. So I want you all to zoom out. And if you're on a weight loss journey, I want you to think about averages. You're going to think about a month average in terms of weight loss. So say, for example, you started on a plan and you lost four pounds the first week. And then for the next three weeks of that month, you lost zero pounds. Now, you're not going to be happy with that. And I can understand why it's going to look like it's not working. But when you average it out, you have lost a pound per week. And if you keep it going, you will be losing 50 pounds in a year. Now, that sounds better, right? So if you stay consistent with it, even if it seems like it's going slowly or it's not working or maybe you lost zero pounds, over the course of a long period of time, that's going to amount to very significant changes for you. Okay? So I always want you to zoom out. Use averages, not what's happening daily, not what's happening weekly. What's happening with you monthly is very important. And again, even if it's something that's not, if, even if you've never lost four pounds, you have never seen the scale move down four pounds, there is still hope for you. You can still lose tremendous amounts of weight if that's what your goal and your health needs to, to, to happen in your health. Because again, if you lost a half a pound, Say you only lost two pounds this month, which may not sound like a lot. And you may say, oh, I have 50 more to go or I have 100 more to go. But if you lost half a pound every single week, you would lose 25 pounds in a year. And that can dramatically change your health. Every 7 to 10% weight loss, body weight loss. So say you're 200 pounds right now. If you lost between 15 to 20 pounds, your health parameters and the trajectory of your health and your health risks are dramatically diminished, okay? So you can significantly improve your health, your symptoms, and your hormones with a weight loss of half a pound per week, but only if you stick with it. 
only if you do it long enough. Okay. So hopefully this helps you with a little bit of a mindset shift. Um, let's see. You say, yeah, I do weigh daily. It keeps me in check. If I ate bad the night before, try to do better for the next day if it's up. Not quite daily, but more often than weekly, a few times a week, keep keeps going up. Yeah. So what I want you to do is to not weigh daily. Because here's the thing, if the weight goes up the next day, it's probably not showing you an accurate picture of your weight. It's showing if your meal had too much sodium, if you didn't have a bowel movement, if you maybe drank water, or it's not showing the true fluctuations of your weight when we weigh daily. And that's the problem, because if it changes what you're doing and what you were doing before is correct, you're always catching up. You're never going to find something that is consistent and sustainable for you. So think about that. I usually, sometimes people will weigh on a Thursday and a Monday, like before the weekend, after the weekend. I'm okay with that. Um, but I usually recommend weekly on the same scale, same day, same time, no clothes, first thing in the morning. That's the best thing to do. Okay. All righty. Let's move right along to number five. This is my favorite. And I call it losing the microwave mentality. And what do I mean by this? So we all know what a microwave does, right? You put the thing in, you nuke it 30 seconds, it's done. Weight loss doesn't work this way. Weight loss is a lot more like a crock pot. It's slow and slow, okay? So we're going to need to flex those muscles, those patience muscles. We're going to need to develop a lot of stamina, consistency, and patience because microwave mentality equals diets. And what we know from diets is that the number one predictor of weight regain is diets, which means the more diets you go on, the more likely you are to regain the weight. And that's microwave mentality. I want results instantly. I want results within 30 seconds, okay? Unfortunately, your body is not a microwave. Your body is not a machine, okay? It needs time. You need to also change your habits when you're following a microwave mentality with diets and jumping on this trend and that trend, or, oh, here's the next shiny thing that's going to work for me. You're not learning anything. No diet teaches you habits. And I'm talking about things like Noom even, okay? Diets don't teach you skills for long-term weight management. They teach you how to follow their own set of rules. Maybe it's keto, maybe it's paleo. Here's a list to avoid. Here's a list to, to consume. That's not teaching you how to treat your body with dignity and respect. It teaches you how to punish your body, how to restrict, how to have food rules, how to feel badly about not following the rules, right? Because when we deviate and we don't follow, now we feel shame and guilt. So diets are very much a microwave mentality. They give you quick results. Sometimes, sometimes they don't give you any results, but then the regain is, is right there. Right there, when you stop following the rules, the regain happens. Now, I know having a crockpot mentality is not as sexy. It's not as exciting as rapid weight loss. But I want you to be sure that when you lose weight, you never have to do it again. Make this year the last time you lose weight, the last time you have to start over. And you do this with the crockpot mentality. Low and slow, steady, gradual but sustainable. And this is exactly what I teach my clients to do. And there's a lot of coaching behind this, right? So it's not easy to make this, this switch from, okay, I want results quickly. I have microwave mentality and I don't care. I just want to see weight loss to, no, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do it the right way. So I don't have to do it ever again. 
and I'm going to respect my body, not punish myself, not feel guilty. I want to be able to enjoy holidays and summer and ice cream and things like that and still lose the weight and, and not feel like I'm either on or off. Okay. So the way that I teach clients to do it is with habit change. It's with a lot of coaching. It's, it's with going deep into all the steps and there's so much more to it. All the steps that I have shared with you today and really helping them create a lifestyle. I know it's cliche, but this is what you want. You want to wake up in the morning and not have to worry about food. And a lot of times women with PCOS are anxious about food. They're stressed about food. They don't want to be thinking about food. They feel like food controls their entire day. So stepping out of that, healing that relationship with food is extremely important and you can do it. It's definitely doable. And I want you to think about starting to implement the things we talked about today. You may want to start with this. You may want to start with ditching microwave mentality and say, okay, as tempting as a diet may sound, I know it's not right for me. It's not going to heal my hormones. It's not going to give me the quality of life that I want because being on a diet constantly is not a good quality of life. Let me know if you agree. Constantly starting over on a new trend, a new diet, a new set of rules is not how you want to live your life. You want to live your life feeling comfortable around food, feeling like you enjoy food, you're normal. You don't have to always think, oh, if I go to that person's house, I don't have anything to eat. Or if I go out and I need to be gluten and dairy free, what am I going to order? You don't want to be that person. That's not a good quality of life. And I want to make sure that you're also practicing a lot of self-compassion and grace in this process. You're never on or off. You're never failing or succeeding. You're just trying to find what works, an approach that's going to be sustainable for you. And it all starts with losing the microwave mentality and then going through the steps that I taught you today so that you can actually enjoy the process, love your body, and not feel like you're constantly starting over, okay? Um, if there are any questions, I would love to answer them. I do want to let you know that my next group coaching program where I go deeper into this, I coach you through the process, we dive into these steps, I help you with meal plans, recipes, worksheets, a lot of video lessons. We have a private Facebook group where I support the women. You get to connect with other women who are going through the same process. All of this goodness is starting back up in May. May uh, 15th, I believe we're starting. So if you want to get notified when I open the enrollment for my group coaching program, it's called Reset Your PCOS. I want you to go to daphnachazen.com forward slash waitlist. Get on the waitlist because I'm going to be offering special pricing to anyone who signs up on the waitlist um, so that you get a little bit of a benefit in terms of the pricing if you already tell me that you're interested. Okay, so even if you're not sure if it's going to be right for you, Get on the wait list so you can be notified when I open the doors, daphnachazen.com forward slash wait list. Okay. Um, yes, you're saying you're too preoccupied with food. Definitely stresses me out on a daily basis. Very common. Okay. Feeling fixated on food. You know, I have clients who tell me if there is donuts, if I go to my office and there are donuts in the kitchen, or if I know there's something in my pantry, I get fixated. I'm obsessed. I can't stop thinking about it, but you can. There is actually a way to do this. You can definitely start feeling like food controls your day and dictates your mood and your actions and your entire life. That is not normal. Okay, so you can fix that relationship with food. It's not easy, but it's simple. And you definitely want to get coaching because otherwise 
you tend to check out, right? We tend to drop, um, drop out too quickly when we don't have accountability. Accountability is extremely important, okay? Um, can you repeat the part about where to start on meals? I believe you said 30 high fiber carbs. I said, yeah, so I, I here's the thing. Everyone's gonna be different. So I don't wanna necessarily put a number on it for as a blanket statement. That would be highly irresponsible of me. But I would say if you wanted to get started, you can get started with 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrates per meal, but make sure they're high fiber carbohydrates, okay? Message me privately if you want more information about this and we can talk about it, okay? All right, ladies, I had fun today. I hope you did as well. I hope you learned something new. I'd love to see how you practice these things, how you implement some of these concepts into your own life. And if it's working, jump into the group when you are doing this and let me know how it's going, what you're doing, what's working well. Everyone wants to know and we want to celebrate your successes. Okay, so be sure to do that. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.